0: and welcome to bend the knee a song of ice and fire podcast i am sir matt the limp and i'm sir
1: jimmy the unwell welcome to our song of ice and fire book club today we're uh well we're gonna do a little bit of a of a shorter episode it's holiday week uh we know most of y'all were probably waiting for the part two for uh, the tourney at harren hall the night of the laughing tree episode but unfortunately i uh am once again fighting staff infection it is back with vengeance and as well as uh COVID is going around my household right now so uh i wasn't able to give the preparation the full tilt effort that i wanted to to make the episode excellent and uh me and matt said well it's a holiday week uh there's some news we'll cover that and uh yeah so
0: yeah, man. The I said I'm the limp today because I feel like we're limping along right now. Okay. You know, I and mean, just
1: like. A whole week off work. I was so excited. And then we had this yeah. big plan. And then it was like free riding the rest of the week. And I just, uh, I can't seem to stay healthy, dude. I don't know what
0: it I, is. I just, we just did the math. I said, I said, today is my Friday uh, after working like 21 out of 22 days or something like that. So I picked up a bunch of work this past month. I'm not picking up any more work for the rest of the year, but my brain is fried. I thought I was going to be a much better place, but I want to do next week. We're going to do that Heron Hall thing. But this week, uh, fortunately, we have some news, Jimmy. We talked about it a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, real quick, it is Thanksgiving. We touched a little bit about it last week. I mean i'm still i'm excited for thanksgiving okay i'm thankful I've, I i'm thankful th- i'm thankful that i get to talk to jimmy every week to be honest I love it. it's great
1: i appreciate how flexible you are uh i actually reached out to matt and i said hey <laughs> uh things aren't good and he was like dude mm-hmm. we can just you know we can we can wait a week i said no we, we should give them something to listen to while they're on their drives to their family's houses or something um but matt, matt's always super duper flexible for uh just how uh, chaotic. My health seems to be at the current moment, but dude, I mean, I Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday, and I don't think I'm going to be able to go home. I I don't think I'm going to be able to celebrate it because, you know, uh, if I'm assuming I'm going to catch COVID since it's in my house, uh, and then uh, you know, having staff infection, there's small children roaming around. My my family is a little bit elderly as well on the other side, so I, I I'm starting to think that it might be my own personal red wedding me
0: just sitting around with my cats which is uh slightly depressing geez <laughs> man well i hope yeah i i hope i hope you're i hope we do good here you know we got to make it through thanksgiving jimmy get you healthy because we got stuff going on okay because house of the dragon season two it's ramping up my friend
1: well they yeah they did the wrap party it sounds like they they wrapped uh, filming and everything and uh they did a cast and crew party on this past sunday on the 19th we're recording on the 20th and supposedly there were some pictures going around on twitter that looked pretty cool Um, and the cast just seems excited and a lot of people who are talking about the screeners like we talked about last week are are getting very excited um i would love to know what they're seeing like is it episode one is it clips you know what i mean yeah
0: Yeah, we don't know. I do. I found this uh, Steve um, Toussaint, I think is how you announce him. It's he's the Mm -hmm. actor who plays Corliss Valerian. He shared this picture. They're all kind of sharing little stuff. So we actually get to see um, I. So it says there's seven episodes. I thought they said there was going to be eight. But that doesn't mean that we know. But anyway, it shows the directors for some of the episodes. So some of these names I feel like we've seen before um oh there are eight there are eight episodes because some people directed multiple ones you scared me sorry (laughs) yes looking it up here i see because i saw two i saw episode 2.07 as the last one there but so yeah we we, so we know officially there's going to be eight they kind of talked about it a little bit but i was looking up some of these directors here So, um, the one who directed episode, uh, episode two, uh, or season two, episode seven, which is always kind of, you know, that second to last episode in house of the dragon and in game of Thrones is always kind of like a crazy, crazy one to kind of leave things off. Um, I'm looking this guy up here, um, Lonnie Paris um, he's from Boston, uh, but uh, he's directed like a lot of episodes of things. I'm seeing like American Horror Story, uh, some show called Warrior. I'm kind of unfamiliar, unfamiliar. Oh yeah, Warrior. Warrior is very, very, very well received. And uh, he directed some, some, ep- a couple episodes of season three of The Witcher, which I haven't watched because once I heard Henry, Henry once I heard Henry Cavill was out, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. But Outcast is on there. Banshee. Um, code black. So uh, some shows I'm kind of unfamiliar with, but yeah, I mean, he's directed some episodes of the witcher. So I'm looking.
1: Yeah. And warrior has been, I mean, very, very popular people who watch it absolutely rave about it. Um, So I think, I think there's uh, some really cool talent that they brought in for season two. uh, So we can expect even better things. Going into season two and knowing that you know that we're going to settle into the story and not have all these timeline jumps, I think it's a uh, it's exciting stuff, man.
0: Yeah, some of the other directors here, Gita Patel, um, directed a couple episodes. Uh, directed a- an episode of House of the Dragon last season. Uh, did the Lord of the Tides episode. Oh, also did sense. also did Ahsoka. So yeah, so there's definitely some. I'm going to pull up some of these other people here too, just to see. Um, what else they've they've worked on here. But I mean, what do we think about the eight episodes? We talked about that a while back when it was first announced, but now that it's kind of being brought up again, Jimmy. Good, bad, what are we thinking?
1: I think it's fine. I mean, I, I don't believe that HBO is sitting there telling them they can't have 10. I think they probably thought, okay, well, if we bring it down from 10 to 8, um, which you know, we say 10, but that may never have been the original plan. Like a lot of people speak about that as if we went from 10 to 8 because season one was 10, but maybe the plan all along was to do eight for season two. But it means more money per episode, which is usually a good thing. Um, but I, I trust Ryan Condell and George to make that call. And it seems like it was their call for where they wanted to end season two. Like it came up. It all came down to where they wanted season two to end to pick up season three. And they felt like the eight episodes were where where they wanted to be and Does this mean that maybe some of the things aren't going to be as fleshed out? And when I say fleshed out, I mean, nothing is really fleshed out in fire and blood. It is very much, you know, a summary of what has happened. Um, But I think, you know, the points that we get will be expanded on, but we're not going to probably see big swaths of side material. I think it's going to revolve around the conflict that we have in fire and blood and a lot more time being put into the personal conversations around that.
0: Yeah, so here we go. So Alan Taylor is directing episodes one and episode four, and we kind of have already been told, it seems like all the rumors and everything are saying that blood and cheese is going to be uh, in episode one, which is kind of like, to me, one of the most crazy moments yes. uh, in in the Fire and Blood, World of Ice and Fire, you know, the story that's going to be House of the Dragon. We don't have to go deeper into that if we don't want to necessarily spoil it for people who may be coming and checking this uh, as spoiler free. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's up there with some of the other moments now. Actually, if you are looking at this, uh, Alan Taylor's directing, um, he, man, has directed some pretty massive episodes of things, uh, directed like half of the final season of The Sopranos. Directed like a bunch of episodes of The Sopranos, as well as like some big episodes of The West Wing, um, Rome, Madman, and did a lot of directing in Game of Thrones, including episode, w- ep- season one, episode nine, Baylor, a pretty mm. big episode. Yeah. Season one, episode 10, season two, episode one, The North Remembers. Uh, episode so in season two did episode one episode two episode eight and episode 10 so directed like almost all of season two of game of thrones and then came back and did season seven episode six beyond the wall which you know for the final seasons at least like from a directing standpoint pretty crazy right i mean that's where we lose the dragon and everything i mean pretty insane episode there so i mean that's getting me excited because that tells me episode one we already know is going to be big. But what's that say about episode four?
1: Yeah, and, you know, episode four being humongous is all obviously important because it's that midseason climax type deal. But I think the reason why Blood and Cheese is going to be episode one. And I was kind of a part of the crowd that was like, well, isn't that a little early or like, you know, should we save that for the big moment? But I actually don't think so. I think that Blood and Cheese will be the tone setter. For season two and a lot of what gets us to the mid-season climax will be the fallout of said event Uh, even though season one clearly had a pretty big exclamation uh, point for an ending Uh, I believe it's been confirmed that the opening scene will be in Winterfell uh, which me and you predicted would probably be the case I I don't think that's a crazy big prediction but we were right Uh, I think you'll see a dragon flying over Winterfell which is just man seeing Winterfell again will be everything
0: yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm i'm excited for it because i think it's going to that i think it's the per- the perfect way to start that episode is with winterfell and the perfect way to end it is with blood and cheese because for a season two opener everyone's going to be watching it on hbo you are going to have twitter and everything just going absolutely nuts yeah. so i think it's like the perfect way to get that and it's like it's 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 one that hook to get you in right at the beginning. And then also mm-hmm. the hook to be like, wow, I can't wait for next week. Like, yeah, remember? I think
1: it's going to be one of the top trending moments, you know, in, in the Game of Thrones universe. And what it will do is it'll make everybody be able to say, like, not only is House of the Dragon back, the Game of Thrones is back. Yada, yada. Same thing that we saw kind of with season one, but maybe to a bigger effect. And I think the show is going to be better. I mean, I usually these things, uh, they learn lessons, uh, they tighten things up. They brought back a lot of people that were successful in, in season one, and then added a lot more talent, which is always a good thing. Uh, and also, a lot of the effort to get set pieces done and whatnot, uh, those things are already done, and they've done them once, so it, it allows a lot more opportunity and money to go towards other things. So I'm I'm so excited, man. And I heard uh, today is Monday. I had heard that a trailer could be dropping as soon as today. I also heard some people saying that it might drop on Thanksgiving, which is exciting. Uh, Exciting. I think we get I think we're gonna get a trailer by the latest. next monday but it could be tonight during monday night football or it could be you know later yeah week.
0: yeah i feel like we'd know if it was monday night fo- I, I i know i told you right before this how it could be come out i feel like they're gonna do the same thing i was reading i've been reading about that too i've been in i've been in the like wikis or the reddits all day and some people were saying that because the press had has seen it has seen the trailer for it and the, all the mm-hmm. internal rumors and everything of that. It looks awesome and it looks amazing, um, and so I guess that they had shown that to the press like four months before we saw it. Remember, it just dropped in like in October or something. It was like it was around like this time, and it just dropped. It was like a Thursday, I remember, and uh, I think I skipped work that day. I was like, I'm sick. Sick of having to go. <laughs> sick of having to go to work and not being able to record episodes. About I hope your there, uh, I supervisor isn't listening. I don't work there anymore. Okay. <laughs> All right. Know. Let's go. I work at a different job now. I don't even work there. I, you know, technically have Thursday scheduled off now. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's too important. So it is. You know that these are the. Things I mean, yeah. Hey, I'm not holding it against that, you. Know. Yeah. So. But so now they're saying, well, if that's the case, then we might not see it until February. Like if it were to continue that trend where they get it a couple like a couple months ahead of time. So if you do the math, that would be February. Well, what happens in February? Another big event. You know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. We, we
1: had actually remember we had we had speculated that the first season of House of the Dragon would be advertised in the Super Bowl. Uh, during like an HBO feature and it really wasn't which we thought was a big miss and I remember me and you were a little bit uh, I think this was before I joined the show technically but I remember us yeah. talking in a chat and I was kind of like this makes me slightly nervous of what's going yeah.
0: on yeah well and some of that was that was that was when AT&T and Warner Brothers were doing the like spinoff buying you know mm-hmm. merging Discovery Warner Brothers and so some of the also, things now it wasn't coming out to August so that's wasn't different yeah yeah which may be coming out it still says summer we don't know but maybe coming out in like June June or July, July. It seems to be, yeah even like earlier in the summer yeah so that could be a different story but lat you know before that I was like well they're trying to save money for the merger and have the balance sheet all right so you know Super Bowl expensive Super Bowl commercials are expensive that's what uh, I hear it- so yeah millions of dollars did maybe our ad can-
1: get accepted or no
0: No, nah, maybe we can get one for the podcast that'd God, be great damn it <laughs> that would be great if we could get one a Super Bowl commercial. But, um, you know, this year is different. Now they've been there for a while and HBO is destroying it with pretty much every show they make. So maybe maybe we will get a Super Bowl commercial that, you know, that'd be that'd be exciting because that's like the most hype of any commercial you're going to get all year
1: yeah i just wonder if hbo feels like it'd be it'd be worth it um because they are so expensive but i think it's more likely for it to happen this time than it was last time just because of the timetables but you know there's a chance i guess that we won't get a trailer this week i mean that's certainly possible
0: uh but i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed yeah well hey let i wanted to uh, something else i have pulled up here again this is from reddit today and this is from like a leaker uh, pretty known uh, leaker in the Reddit community, and everyone seems to sort of say, Hey, this is pretty good. So, this is potential spoilers. I mean, we know it's coming, but I want to throw that out there as potential spoilers because we're actually going to talk a little bit about the content of it. So, if you don't want to know, yeah, Fire know, and like, Blood spoilers, Future House of the Dragon spoilers, beware. So, yeah, so a big event, I didn't really know. I, you know, we know it probably was coming this season, seems a little early. But they're saying it's going to be episode two is going to be, you know, how in the main series we have Clagane Bowl. Well, there's another bowl that takes place in House of the Dragon, uh, you know, Fire and Blood, which is Cargill Bowl. Uh, Some of the rumors and leaks are saying it's going to be episode two. Interesting.
1: I don't have a problem with them moving that up because as it is a big personal event, but I don't think it's like series defining. You know what I mean? I think that they can yeah. kind of choose where they want to do that. And people, I think it gives people don't even really
0: people don't even really know these characters yet. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw them like once or twice and, you know, yeah, I kind of like,
1: yeah, people getting kind of a, into it, like re- remembering them. Uh, I think they when had they, like two or three really good spots. So you know, getting that out of the way early. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It could be a bridge also
0: between like first episode to mid season. Yeah, I think, I think it's okay. But, you know, we have to see the timeline of how they're doing this. Cause I think, you know, obviously season one's timeline is crazy cause it's all over. The, I mean, all over the place and that it jumps a lot. I mean, it's still going in the right direction. Some things were kind of a little out of place, but um, obviously, you know, like uh, what's his name? It totally dies and he, they're keeping him around. Uh, so the Lord Commander of the, how am I blanking on his name? Um, by McTavish, what's his name? Uh, can, and I'm blaming, blanking on his character, but, um, you know, he dies and they're, they're keeping him. So they're going to, they're, they are changing some things around a little bit here. But I think if you're, by doing that here, by having this take place in like episode two, you are going to sort of showcase Hey, like this is, this is like a legit, a civil war. This is going to, we're going to see brother versus brother fight. Like it's going to be a pretty big, big deal here. So I think that's going to be kind of cool by actually having that in like episode two, especially if we get blood and cheese in episode one, that's a huge moment. And then we get another one here too. I mean, I'm sure they'll do it justice, but I think that's kind of, you know, like the game bowl was like at the end. yeah, Right. And it's like, okay, we've been waiting for this, this whole time it's been built up. And I kind of felt like its significance didn't really matter as much as I do think, you know, we, we talk about the books that it's going to matter in the books. But I think this will be a little bit different because this is more to sort of showcase, hey, this is what this series is still going to be about.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And you're right. It's showing the cost of civil war. And maybe what elevates a civil war far past just normal war is the fact that you're fighting brother, brother, sister, sister,
0: neighbor, neighbor. Um, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard is Harold Westerling. Westerling. Right. Yeah. yeah. House Westerling. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he dies in the books and they, they kept him. I'm glad they kept him around because I like the actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's great. He's he's. Yeah, he's absolutely great. So, yeah. So really right now, there's a lot coming out, honestly, about House of the Dragon and um, everything. And, you know, we'll be doing news as we continue our reread and stuff like that. It's just a little like, you know, it's kind of hard to tell right now because so much stuff's coming out. You kind of have to kind of vet it a little bit. But it seems like now the actors and stuff are beginning to show production stuff. And a lot of it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, I was in House of the Dragon. That's all they can say or you know, whatever that we're getting on there.
1: Yeah. Story. No major recast. Let's also point that out for season two, which is really great. You know, we got through the whole thing and there wasn't these big, you know, disputes or character changes or whatever. So that's always a good thing too, because most shows, even the
0: original Game of Thrones, went through that at some points. So yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of um I'm just looking through some of the pictures pictures here on Reddit. And uh yeah, there's, there's there's they're showing so many small details. Like, here, I'll, I'll get this, I'll get this one pulled up here. Um, let me add this into the screen here. So, just stuff like this, where it's like, oh, and look, the high tower thing is kind of incorporated with like the uh, you know, Targaryen banner. So, like, some of it's like small little costume and like set piece stuff that they're showing, which is kind of cool. Uh, which because you know, I mean, one of the best things we you and I talked about. Uh, we were talking about this, I think it was last Thursday. And we were doing a weird, you and I were doing a hangout uh, with some of our other bannermen, and we were uh, watching the football game. We were talking about like Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings and how like the worlds that they created on TV didn't have that same, it felt kind of inconsistent. Whereas mm-hmm. with like Game of Thrones, and House of Dragon, like you immediately are like, oh, yeah, and a lot of that comes down to so much to set pieces. And yeah, everything. the
1: aesthetic. Uh, there was no aesthetic to those shows that felt like it was prominent. And then you you don't get that, that, you know, for lack of a better term, vibe of the show. Whereas in, uh, you know, even House of the Dragon having its own thing. I mean, it definitely went a little bit more colorful, I thought, um, but you could still tell it's Westeros. And, and that kind of stuff really matters with branding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK. Uh, anything else we want to hit on real quick before we move over to some of the George news?
1: I don't think so, but I'm glad we got the good news out of the way first. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last time.
1: We, we did not. We we talked about how he said I, I, had ba- I had bad news last week. Whenever I talked about him talking to Cassandra Clare, saying that, you know, who knows, maybe her sequel will come out before Winds of
0: Winter. OK, so we, uh, we hadn't talked about the, the page number. Thing. We
1: have not talked about the page. It happened the day after we
0: recorded. So OK, OK. Yeah. So I'm going to read here from I'm reading it off IGN, but it's been kind of posted into several other places. And they in this article, they sort of reference some of the other things he said and other uh, sites as well. So uh, George R. Martin has written eleven hundred pages of the Winds of Winter, the same number as last year. Yeah. Uh, with a quote that's saying, maybe I should have started writing smaller books. So A Song of Ice and Fire author George R. R. Martin has said he's written 1,100 pages of the next book, The Winds of Winter, the same amount he'd written as of December, 2022. Uh, you know, sort of goes on to continue here. He was speaking with Bangcast. Martin didn't give... Uh, Game of Thrones, you know, fans looking forward to the Winds of Winter, much hope as the so far nine years late novel hasn't seen much progress since last year. So the main thing I'm actually writing, of course, is the same thing. You know, I wish I could write as fast as Stephen King, you know, and some of these other authors as well. um, Bernard Cornwall. But I'm 12 years late on this damn novel and I'm struggling with it. I have like 1,100 pages written, but I still have hundreds more pages to go. It's a big mother of a book for whatever reason. Maybe I should maybe I should have started writing smaller books when I began, but it's tough. Uh, that's the main thing that dominates most of my working life. And then on the Stephen Colbert show last uh, December, he said he had written uh, like 1,100, 1,200 pictures before or 500 to go before Wins was complete. Um, and then, you know, no writer is blessed to produ- produce the perfect first draft, of course. And Martin's writing of The Windsor Winter will also, you know, need rewriting, reworking, editing, yeah. all, all of that stuff. Yeah, so this is where IGN IGN's wrong, and they're they're uh, they're kind of
1: going an extra mile to make it more hopeless. Uh, but the thing that has taken George so long is he actually edits and rewrites as he goes and he sends things to his editor as he works. That's how he's always worked. That's why he is slower. Uh, a lot of writers will tell you to vomit your first draft and then the edits become easier on the second time through. That is not how George R. R. Martin has written his books uh, ever. And he does edit as he goes. So IGN is definitely taking the right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're making it more sensational than it is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the whole article is is bunk, but that piece I I right. thought was kind of well. It
0: is it is IGN. I mean, you know,
1: yeah. They ha- and honestly, it's a, some random reporter that they throw on it that it's not familiar with the writing process. You know what I mean? It's, right. Oh, well, he's going to have to edit this thing and not looking, you know, at right. his writing process. It's fine. You know, we're 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 knee deep in this stuff, so we, we always are looking up things about George. But, um, the the big controversy in this interview is actually it sounded like he said, "and I have a hundred pages to go," uh, but there's. I, I think he meant hundreds if you re, if you watch a video he says a hundred pa- he doesn't say a hundred he said hundred pages to go or hundred right. yeah so I think he meant hundreds of pages and he just misspoke because sometimes George uh skips over some words when he speaks but i uh yeah did i I don't think he's written much in the
0: last uh what yeah. would be ten months yeah i don't th- do you think he wrote it all during the writer strike no. You don't think so
1: probably not i mean he, he could write his book i mean that's completely separate so like there's a possibility I know, and, but and,
0: you know and he, 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 may have just, he may have just not written out of like well nobody else is writing. he's
1: also yeah. talking about complete pages i think that's one thing we have to keep in mind that most likely the things the 1100 that are done maybe they get a couple of reworks or edits from an editor somewhere that's sitting at penguin random house but for the most part you know they're probably actually complete and uh Yeah, I don't know. It's not good. I can tell you that. And it sounds like he is genuinely struggling and he's always been forthright in saying when he's struggling and then when things are going well, he also tells us that. If you remember, folks, about 10 months ago, we were going over updates where he said he got through a block of Cersei chapters that were really giving him a lot of trouble and he made all this progress. And I think he's probably stumbled into the next problematic POV, whichever one that might be. Uh, We should probably. I mean, we should keep a tight view on his blog if you're still here with us uh, at this point um and we should be seeing if uh or whether or not he mentions the next povs that he actually gets through because then we'll know which ones he was struggling with and then we can speculate endlessly until this book comes out
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's uh I don't know. You know, it's, it's the, it's the never ending debate about this book of what, are we going to see it? Are we, are we not, are we not going to see it? It, I still say that we are in a better spot now than we were really before COVID because it felt like, Mm -hmm. it felt like sort of like before 2021, 2022, he was always saying, woe is me. Right? Like, oh man, I just, I said, I'm going to get it done. And I felt like he didn't even write for years, which. Now we've actually had more kind of new information that does seem like he didn't may not have touched this for like three four years.
1: There's also really a really good chance he threw out
0: maybe an entire draft. Like there's there's definitely that possibility. Right. Right. Um, you know, and some of that too might have been like, maybe he was maybe he like legit stopped writing because he was wondering how people were going to react to it. And once people saw Game of Thrones. Once they saw past when where he was, he was like, well, that wasn't a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Like, he's never he's he has said that the ending, the endings are going to be different. That's not the endings end. going to be I've,
1: different. And also that he it has led him to actually make changes and like yeah. kind of like a damn it. Well, I'm going to tell the story. You know, if it changed, it changed. Sorry. Um, right. Which is kind of weighs on him a little bit, because I'm sure there's like the unspoken agreement between him and the showrunners, right? Like whenever he gave them the right. five points. I'm sure that probably bothers him a bit, Uh, him being a writer for television himself. And, you know, obviously Dan and Dave have a great hand in how popular these books have become. So I don't know, man. I I mean, we, we are in a better position than we were. I would say my 2024 estimate is pretty much, I hate saying this in 2023, but I think it might be kapoof. I think you got to hold on to it. Somebody was, I mean, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down. I'm not, I'm, there's no way that's Mm -hmm. happening, but there, uh, there are people who have basically tried to figure out his pace of how many pages he writes in a year and it's, it's sad, but, uh, they were saying 2027 would be, yep. I if, saw that too. Yeah. yeah. If it's four, if it's four to 500 page 2027 at that point, you know, we're George is going to be in his eighties and, uh, I don't know, man. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, you also got to think he talks about he talked to this other thing about there's potentially eight spinoff shows that are, you know, some of these things get tossed up in the air and they make it like two months and you never know, you know, what? Yeah, out. and exactly. nothing is people. greenlit right now. Absolutely no. nothing. So. Well, a Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, no, yeah. Other than that. But the other right. spinoffs, I mean, aren't even close. Some of the some of the shows, I, some of the shows I kind of feel like I don't even want. Well, they're not, not, not all of them are going to make it. I bet you one or two make it maybe like the Nymeria one. I don't really care. I don't know. Nightmare. That story is cool. I know, but it's just like in the grand scheme of things, it just feels like it's like it's too, I don't know. Is it, it's just not like, it's like, that's a really kind of specific thing to build out the world. When you have a lot more like closer things you need to build out.
1: Well, Well, I would agree with that. I think it's an opportunity to expand the show. Uh, and Nymeria, if done correctly, could be a massive character like in the universe. I mean, Nymeria was really cool. So uh, but but to be honest, even though I would like to see it, I don't
0: think it's likely. Yeah, I think Robert Rebe- Robert's Rebellion <clears throat> is far more likely. Robert's Rebellion, Aegon's Conquest, pretty much anything from like the moment Aegon steps foot on the map to yeah. where we're, you know, to to the end to the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, George is involved in a ton of other stuff too. So really uh, the question kind of is, he says, he he says that that's what he's writing every day. There's no way that that's actually what he's writing every day. Well, and he doesn't say how long he writes a day. So, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, think, I think he is definitely working on it weekly. I think again, I don't think he really says anything until he knows it's in a spot, a good spot right i'm saying so i uh that what does that look like is it rewrites is it edits is it brand new chapters i we're not sure we, we really is, don't is,
0: know because he edits other people's books he's he's obviously like gonna have to have like production meetings with like hbo executives and storyboard people that are trying to flesh out all of these other Game of Thrones things. And then he's got like cookbooks he's doing and he's got like he owns like a railroad and he does. Yeah, but how much know, all these... I,
1: I don't think he did any work on the
0: cookbook. I'd be shocked if he even saw it, to be honest. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm sure if I really sent him then. one, but I mean, but it was probably like a day. It was probably like a one day meeting. I don't know, but I'm just saying there's there's things like that, though. I mean, obviously, like we know he worked on Elvin Ring so what's to say that he's also not right now working on another video game but well, we he's know working about. on night of cooters as well which is a tv show that i guess is like finding small success actually like in a smaller yeah. Audience. so yeah cool. i guess what i'm getting to is there's a lot of smaller project that he's involved with that obviously you know we don't really know about so yeah i mean i just don't know that he really is actually like saying he says he's wins a winner like i'm writing every day i don't think he. He can't be writing every day or he or maybe he's written the book like five times and he's like, I just don't like some people do that where they're perfectionists, where they're just right. And they're like, nope, don't like it. No, I kind of hope that maybe whenever
1: this thing's done that we get like a retrospective from him or a memoir or something where he talks about it, because I've uh, I I know I've thrown this out here on the podcast before, but I've always wondered if something happened and he like lost the draft at some point. You know
0: what I mean? Like he does use he does use a, like, you he's know, 90, so elementary. 19, like 93 computer. That's what I'm
1: saying. And he's so elementary in the, in his tech that I'm like, he probably didn't have a backup. You know, right. it's, it's scary. And man, I've used word before and had backups. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there's no shadow copies available. And you're like, what the hell happened? I, I've always wondered if that, that's like my conspiracy theory about uh, winds of winter. Um I think it's a lot more realistic than some of the ones that some of the casts were thrown around. Do you remember the guy that played Barristan was like, Oh, George actually has both of the books done? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. See, I, <laughs> I I'm, bro, I <laughs> I know, I know, because people in Reddit were talking about this, and we've talked about it before too. But the idea of like, I still think this is the harder. It's I think he could actually have the other book done. And he's like, and I mean, or it's like it's I just feel like Dream of Spring, like it's wins of winner is the hard one because once you're because when you've had the you've had it all mapped out in your head exactly how it's going to go forever well he supposedly wrote the last paragraph of the series and daniel
1: abraham has seen it uh but i i don't think that he has dreams
0: well then we know he's got at least the last paragraph of that book done so we've got yeah i mean you know what i mean or just give me the last paragraph just call (laughs) (laughs) it yeah so i still i i still Feel like that that I'm not as I'm not as I just am not as worried about that book
1: Uh, I'm not confident we'll ever get that book but I I do still feel I I think even if if George were to quit today uh, and say he's done I think at some point in the future we would see wins as it stands right now Um, Mm -hmm. I think the publisher probably has rights to it if I'm not mistaken depends on his estate but I just have Things have a way of getting out uh, that the creators wouldn't have wanted to get out. And the best example of this is Tolkien. I think Tolkien would be so offended (laughs) by so many of the things that came out. I think he probably would have hated the movies uh, very, very much. Uh, But his estate made those decisions. And then there was rights. And now we see, you know, Amazon buying pages of the Summerillion or the appendices or whatever. It's just crazy. So I... I guess what I could say is that the very worst case scenario is if George were to stop today and go on vacation forever, that the winds of winter as it exists today in the real world would probably be released to us.
0: You think so? It just be released as is.
1: Yeah. I've also always wondered why George uh, couldn't just break these things up into smaller arcs and, and more books. And I think a lot of it has to do with actually, I know a lot of it has to do with publishing marketing and people are w- way more likely to buy bigger books. And at the time George started publishing these big chunky fantasy books were the trend and they still are, but a lot of stuff coming out of orbit and tour and uh, Simon and Schuster saga press is in that four to 500, 600, 700 is getting a little more rare. Now uh, they certainly still exist, but there's definitely a push for like thinner novels and more entries to the series. And I just wonder if George, obviously i think from that interview you can tell he kind of regrets feeling it. i mean seven seven is
0: also like just such a nice number
1: so it was three it was five though i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean because it's just like because i mean obviously i you know i don't read a lot of fantasy um outside of this but you know i you know i know you do and i'm always doing hanging out on your chatting with nuts in the chat and hearing you guys talk about all the Different books you read, and as soon as I hear that a book series is like, oh, well, it's like thirteen book, it's like I'm out. It's like it's just it's too. <laughs> it's a, even though it could be less pages, it's like it's like that number feels more daunting than well, it's certainly like, more daunting. Seven like seven large books feels way less daunting than like 13 14 smaller books.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you, and there's a reason why the trilogy format has always been so popular. But uh, to defend those other series, imagine. If, like, if George said, Hey guys, I'm gonna write 16 of these and they're gonna come out in a reasonable amount of time, you'd be like, Hell yeah, dude, like, let's go. This isn't like Brandon
0: Sanderson's series, like, stupid long.
1: Well, it's uh, he's he's written four books in Strongline Archive, book five comes out in 2024, gonna be humongous. Uh, and then he's gonna write five more, so it's a 10 book
0: series. Um, which yeah, I see, is- that feels that feels too long oh no it's like the thing is is brandon sanderson has a, has a detailed outline right and he's like oh yeah. it's going to be it's going to be like 2030 by the time i finish and it's like yeah it feels like too long whereas with george is <laughs> like well it might come out you know what I mean? it's like maybe listen
1: i read a lot of fantasy series i would trade all of them in to get wins a winner and i'm not even joking so no. i'm with you i'm with you um my only problem is, is like seven does sound like a good round number, but if the story needs to be told in six or eight or 10 or 11, I want him to tell the story in the proper right. amount of time. And I just I just think that maybe it had he broken these up in the shorter volumes that maybe it would have felt more accomplished. Be, he would have been able to accomplish more. It's like uh, whenever I code at work and I get a big feature, you know, I have to break those things up into small subtasks or I will just sit there. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is humongous. But if you break it up and make it more digestible, it's generally better to check things off and and get some momentum going. And I think George just hasn't had a win in a really long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he needs to finish something. Maybe he needs to just be like, I'm going to finish the next Duncan Egg. And at
1: this point, I just want to read a book from George R. R. Martin. He's my favorite author. I love his sci-fi. If he wrote a sci-fi short story, I'd be happy. Like, I, I just like the man's writing. It's so good. I mean, that's why we're
0: here, obviously. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that's so why awesome. we're, we're Stockholm Syndrome gaslit. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're still as big as cheerleaders because everybody else is like, all well, that thing's never come out. I don't want to read it. It's going to hey, be, we like, never wait. Like, man, man. We want it, man. We, we, I want it
1: we get on we are honest when we feel disappointed or frustrated but we have never wavered we carried the mm-hmm. we carried these banners and these flags mm-hmm. when everyone said it was relevant no longer relevant and how any future shows would flop we were on the reread folks let's
0: we were go. on the King's Road let's go hey man speaking, in the wall hey exactly well and speaking of that uh this is yeah like we said today's just sort of a short one I uh, had some news. It is uh Thanksgiving, you know, and always historically the thank the, the holiday numbers for the podcast tank. Nobody
1: Yeah, we it. you guys gotta go spend time with your families and stuff. We, we get it. Uh and also I feel like
0: absolute dog water. Uh I got a little burst energy there and now I'm regretting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not feeling it. Well, <laughs> your dogs, the Browns, crushed my Steelers. Okay. So, you know, I'm it really wrecked. Yeah. It was it was what not would you rather
1: Steelers? Fire Kenny Pickett or Wins a Winner?
0: <laughs> wins a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <fair. laughs> hundred hundred percent. Yeah. Uh so well with that, guys. Hey, next next week we will be back. We'll be back in our reread. And we're doing like we said, so we did part one of that brand chapter, which was a lot of you know, characters that we never really talked about, like that, you know, the the little it's like wow there's a character who is that guy is he, is he somebody else but next week is the is really the story of Helen reed and the tourney at heron hall and it's part two of that brand chapter which is brand two of a storm of swords so with that guys hope you guys have a great thanksgiving have yourself a good little beginning to the holiday season and we'll see you next time and remember that winter is coming